Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. Advent, the time when we prepare for our Savior's, for celebrating our Savior's first coming into this world and, and then also think about his return on the last day. Our order of service begins with the service of the word on page 38. We'll open right now with hymn 23, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Sins to him and plead for his mercy. 
Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways, I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins by the perfect life and innocent suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday in Advent is from Isaiah chapter 2 verses 1 to 5. In this section we see Isaiah getting a glimpse of the heavenly Jerusalem. This is what Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Alleluia. Our Lord testifies to the truthfulness of Scripture's promises, to the truthfulness of Scripture's promises, says, yes, I am coming soon. So we reply, amen, come Lord Jesus, alleluia. Hallelujah. 
chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. In this reading, the Apostle Paul encourages us as we watch for the Lord's coming, the second coming, he encourages us to put away the deeds of darkness and to live as children of the light. Paul said, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And we'll sing our second hymn, and that's hymn number 220, Or the Distant Mountains Breaking. chapter 24, verses 37 to 44, where Jesus said, 
as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who are preparing, well, to celebrate our Lord's first coming and to get ready for his second coming. There was a man who one time visited this one-room schoolhouse. And when it came time for him to leave, he told them that he would come back again. But, but he didn't tell them when he was going to come back. However, he did tell them that, well, he told them that the person who had the cleanest desk he'd give that person a prize when he did return. Well, he left, and after he left, then there was one girl in the one-room classroom who stood up and said that she was going to win that prize. And, well, this one girl, she was notorious for having a cluttered and a dirty desk. And because she was notorious for that, Classmate said, your desk is always a mess. And to that Mary, the young girl with the cluttered desk, she said, from now on, I'm going to clean it out every Monday morning. Her friend said, suppose he comes back on a Friday. To that, Mary responded, that's no problem. I'll clean it out every day. But then the next question, but it, what if he comes at the end of a day? From another fellow student. Well, Mary was silent for a second and then what she said was this, I know what I'll do. I'll just keep my desk clean all the time. And now if you think about how Mary reacted there, isn't her attitude about keeping her desk clean, kind of the attitude that we as believing children of God will want to have with our lives here in time. That we'll want to, well, keep our desks clean. And what I mean by that is 
will want to be fighting against sin, trying to live as God's believing children all the time, right? And of course, the sad fact is, is that, well, we are sinners, so we're not going to be able to keep our desk, the desk of this life, clean all the time. But yet, when you think about it, our lives as believing children of God, what we'll want to do is consistently be evaluating our lives and looking at our lives and how we're living them and, and thinking about those things that we're doing in our lives that we should continue doing, those things that in our lives that maybe we shouldn't be doing, and, and then also thinking about those things that maybe we should add to our lives so that we're living as children of God. But really, what we Christians will want to do is ultimately it is striving to always get closer to our Savior and his word. That's what we'll want to do to be ready for when the Lord returns. That's how we can keep watch for the Lord's coming. And that's what our reading is talking about. That's what Jesus is encouraging us to do. Keep watch for the Lord's coming. So let's keep watch for the Lord's coming by, well, according to our Savior, by watching against indifference, watching against unbelief, and watching against carelessness. Jesus' words in our reading for today are part of his long answer to a question that his disciples had, had kind of asked him in private. They had asked him, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? That question was prompted by Jesus telling the disciples they were amazed at the temple buildings and thought how beautiful and how massive they were. But then Jesus told them that all of those buildings would be flattened. They would be destroyed. And whether or not the disciples realized that they were kind of asking Jesus two questions with this question that they asked. And so Jesus responded and he spoke about signs of his coming on Judgment Day. And then he also talked about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, which would take place maybe about 40 years or so after Jesus spoke these words. But now when he was talking about that second coming, he said that no human being, no angel, not even the Son of Man, not even Jesus in his humbled state while he was here on this earth would know when that last day, judgment day, would take place. And now what he did is he stressed here the unexpected and sudden nature of that great event, warning his own to watch, to watch, to keep watch for the Lord's coming, to be ready. And the importance of the Lord's teaching regarding watching and praying and being ready for the Lord's return, it's only emphasized by the fact that there are, there's information about this that fills two rather long chapters 
in our Bibles on watching and praying and being ready and warning us about Judgment Day. Now Jesus said here in this reading, as it was in the day of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In the days of Noah, the Bible describes it that there was so much corruption and violence that, that God just determined that he had to do something, that he had to send that destructive flood. And, well, what he did is he warned Noah about the, the flood, about its coming. He instructed him to build this ark and told him to build that ark because on that ark, well, Noah and his family and, and well, the animals that God had bring to the ark, they were all saved for, well, the new world that would exist after the flood. And righteous Noah, he did everything that God commanded him to do. And he became, as it says here, a preacher of righteousness. And how did the people react to that? He became a preacher of righteousness, maybe with his hammer and nails as he was working on that ark. Maybe that's how, the, how he was a preacher of righteousness. Maybe he was telling the people about the coming judgment. But the people didn't listen to Noah. That big old ark was being built and they ignored it, basically. And now Jesus doesn't mention here specifically what their wicked ways were. He doesn't mention that. Rather, he speaks of their utter involvement with the secular and just worldly things and their, their indifference toward spiritual things, toward God. They were indifferent, totally indifferent to the warnings that Noah was, was constantly giving them. Our reading says they knew nothing about what would happen. Eh, that's actually a poor translation of the Greek here. Really the sense of this was that they were just so busy with their lives and with the things that they were doing and, well, with the corruption and everything, they were so busy with that that they didn't have time to listen to what most Noah would say or to the fact that there was that big ark being built right there. They were too busy until it was too late. In November and December, our scripture readings, they often deal with signs of the end of the age and and well, also for preparedness, being ready for, well, celebrating the Lord's first coming and, and preparing for that second coming, of course. So we're told here to keep watch for the Lord's coming. We're told that over and over again in these two months. 
We're always being told that our Lord could come at any time. He, well, he could come even today, even before our worship service is over. And I've been preaching that same thing. Well, when I include the seminary now, it's over 40 years that I've been preaching that same message. And as I've told you before, I often feel like that boy who cried wolf when I say judgment day could come at any time. It could even come right now. Well, judgment day hasn't come, but it is coming. It's always getting closer and when we think about Judgment Day, we do not want to have an indifferent attitude toward it. Well, like the people had toward the whole subject of the flood coming back in Noah's day. We need this encouragement from our Savior to keep watch for the Lord's coming. It would be so easy to say, yes, Pastor, I've heard you give me that warning and well, to be honest with you, I'm expecting to hear you say that same thing again next year. And maybe that might be the case. Maybe it won't. But the Lord does want us to be ready right now. Right now. Well, Jesus said, two men will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. There are always only two classes of people who are in this world that are ultimately going to face God's judgment. In the day of Christ's coming, on the last day, they will be divided decisively, eternally, they will be divided into those two groups on this earth, in this lifetime. Those two groups, they may be associated together in their work as Jesus pictures in our reading. They may even be members of the same family, of the same household. But when judgment day comes, then there will be separation and that separation will be forever. That separation will be forever. And, well, the idea here, it says that one will be taken, the other left. Those who are taken, that's referring to those who are going to be taken by the Lord Jesus on Judgment Day to be with the Lord forever in heaven. And those who are left, well, that's the opposite group, of course, the unbelievers. They will be abandoned to eternal life. They won't just be left here to this earth to, to wait. They won't be left here on this earth and given another opportunity to, to, to learn about the Savior. They will be left and, well, either God will send them to eternal punishment, Satan will take them to their eternal punishment. And of course, this picture is not giving us the idea of a rapture. That's what some people look at with this verse. And they think that, oh, what will happen is that believers will be one day taken up into heaven and unbelievers left here on this earth and maybe given another opportunity to, another opportunity to not be indifferent to the Savior and his word. Well, now, 
Jesus is telling us here to watch against unbelief. He doesn't want us to reject him because when we reject him, we lose out on his blessings. We're going to face eternal punishment. But as he warns us against unbelief, he also wants us to think about those people around us who don't know Christ. If judgment day comes and they don't believe in Jesus, then they will all be sentenced to eternal punishment. They will be sentenced to hell. They will be there forever. That's what happens on judgment day. That's why we shouldn't be afraid to cry wolf. We shouldn't be afraid to cry wolf, to warn people, to keep on warning people about the impending danger in rejecting the Savior and his word. But we don't have to just warn them and preach damnation. What we can also do is we can tell them of the joys and the blessings in belonging to our Savior's family and in having the forgiveness of sins, in knowing that we don't have to be afraid of God because of our sins and, and about the sure hope that we have of eternal life and blessings forever with our Savior. Well, Jesus said, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Jesus had also said, No one knows about that day or hour. And now here he says, You do not know. He's personalizing that warning to us believers. We do not know. You and I do not know. And he's warning us believers against carelessness, Regarding the last day? Therefore keep watch is what he says. It's actually better translated, always keep on watching, a, a constant thing, a, an ongoing action in our lives. Jesus doesn't want us to be lulled into a, a sense of complacency where we don't think about the possibility, the imminence of Judgment Day coming. He doesn't want us to be like the masses were at the time of, of Noah. You know, those people then kind of were saying, what's happening? And they had no clue because they were just too busy. They were too complacent to listen to what Noah said. He doesn't want, God doesn't want us to be caught off guard. Jesus said, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. Years ago, our nation and well, really our world in general wasn't very concerned about terrorists using airplanes to try to destroy buildings, to use airplanes as bombs like they did on September 11th. And when you get right down to it, after the fact, we'd say that we weren't careful enough in checking airline passengers in and looking at their luggage. 
And that's changed and that's why we often spend so much time in airports if you do travel by plane. Well, we don't want a September 11th to happen again. That's why our, all, our airports are always going to be careful and watching. And now if you think about that picture, if only those words careful and watching, if only those words and not carelessness and complacency were always key words in our spiritual life, that we're always careful watching, keep watch for the Lord's coming. Jesus said, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The question, when will the Lord return? It's really unanswerable for us with a specific time answer. We could answer the question, when will the Lord return? Well, when the time is right, when he's reached every last soul who's supposed to be a part of his believing family. But, but we can't know the exact time. We can't know. And oh, any attempt to try to really figure that out and say it must be at this time, that'd be, well, I guess we'd say that's presumptuous on our part. And speculation over speculation on thinking about when that day would come it could amount to disbelieving what Jesus says here and ignoring Jesus words that would be totally disastrous so let's keep watch for the Lord's coming and how do we do that well in our epistle reading the Apostle Paul talked about that a little bit he said let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Quite a few years ago, I had taken my bike because I needed a part to fix my old Dodge Spirit. When I got to B&J Automotive, I got off my bike and I thought for a second, ah, maybe I should lock up my bike, but I said, oh, I'm just going to be here for a moment and, and it's eaten rapid, so no big deal. And I went inside for a minute and wouldn't you know it, what happened because of my carelessness. I could have taken two seconds, of, well, maybe a little bit more to lock up my bike, but I didn't. Well, in the short time that I was away, someone did steal my bike. And fortunately, I did get it back. I was very fortunate there. The Lord was watching out for me. But carelessness on my part there caused me some grief. A little bit of carefulness and chances are pretty good that the problem would have never existed. It never would have been stolen. I wouldn't have been placing such a temptation in front of the young man who stole my bike. 
And now, if we are careless about our souls, regarding our eternal souls, let's realize the serious risk that we are taking. That risk involves eternal consequences. So let's be careful with our souls. Let's get as close to our Savior and his word as we can so that we're always keeping watch for the coming Lord, for the Lord's coming, so that Satan has no opportunity to steal our souls. Keep watch for the Lord's coming. The Lord wants us to live all the time as if his coming could be very soon, as if, as if, no, today could be our last day as if, well, right now could even be our last moment. He wants us to live our lives like that. Oh, there was a well-known preacher who was once asked, what would you do if you knew that tonight you'd die or that the Lord would return? The preacher responded to that. I would do exactly what I have scheduled to do. That's an interesting response because he's saying that he's always keeping watch for the Lord's coming. May the Lord, may God also help us to live our lives being careful, watchful, and ready for our Lord's return because you know what he's going to do? Well, we know about the judgment for those who reject him, but what the Lord's going to do for you is he is going to take you as a believing child of God to the eternal joys of heaven. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Protect us by your strength and save us from the threatening dangers of our sins. Oh, and as we are in this season of Advent, oh, please be with us. Help us to get ready for Christmas. Help us 
Well, to get ready for Christmas and to remember that the best preparation for Christmas is being close to you and your word so that we grow in your grace and love. Protect us from the stress and the problems of, that can result from trying to get ready for Christmas. Help us focus on your grace and love and on your coming and, and on your coming again. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we gather up all the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We'll join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. say thank you for joining me for worship today as we begin well today the first Sunday in Advent uh, it's kind of New Year's Day when it comes to the church here in our congregation oh maybe just one note and that is on Wednesday we do have our first Wednesday Advent service pastor Roger Kneprath will be here for that service We'll have a soup supper. I'll be at the beginning of the soup supper. That soup supper is at 5.30. Soup supper, potluck soup supper. And our midweek Advent service, that's at 6.30. As I said, Pastor Roger Kneprath will be here. We're looking at a theme, Heavenly Messages from Heavenly Messengers, and that Heavenly Messenger is giving a message this week to, to Zechariah. Coming up this week on Saturday, I believe we're going to have our first Sunday School Christmas Eve practice, so keep that in mind as well. I think that's what I have for announcements for you today. Again, thank you for joining me for worship. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.